It's a powerful song. Images can be very powerful too. They say that a picture is worth a what? A thousand words. And uh, this series that we've been in, Snapshots of the Kingdom, we're looking at pictures of the kingdom of God. And uh, there was a powerful image that uh, many of us experienced firsthand uh, this week. It, it, was, it was this one right here. It's very disturbing uh, to go to the grocery store and uh, comfort is lost there. Our dear bluebell is gone. Uh, we, uh, I did uh, talk to a friend, though, this week, and it was kind of a fun confessional. He said, I just have to tell someone. Uh, you know, I went to my freezer, and there was the, that awesome gallon of, of bluebell ice cream. It was half eaten, and I just thought, why should we waste this? And the children can't eat it, of course, because we don't want the children to be sick. And so he ate it all, the rest of it, all of it. And many of you are like me, and if you had Bluebell, you would eat it anyway. And uh, we hope that it comes back. What is your favorite Bluebell flavor of ice cream? Mint chocolate chip. It's a lot of good ones. Strawberry cheesecake is up there. But uh, for this, these last couple of weeks and the, and the future weeks, we're going to be looking at what these pictures are of the kingdom of God. And Jesus was is into painting pictures. And obviously we didn't have snapshots or, or, or photographs you know, back then, but he was, he was a painter with words. And he would use parables, he would use stories, he would use even miracles to give a picture of what the kingdom of God looks like on, on this planet, on, on earth. And in the first couple of weeks, uh, there's some images that we, we talked about. There was this, this image of a, of a field that we want to have a fertile uh, heart for the Lord and the kingdom of God uh, to be used inside of us. And, and when we do that, amazing things happen. Last week, we talked about this scene on the sea where the disciples were in the boat and the waves, the, the bohu and the tohu, the chaos of life is all around, but we can have peace, we can have shalom in the middle of that, and God would, would, would help us there. I love this picture of this, this guy in a, a lighthouse that, uh, in the middle of the, of the waves that are there. And uh, this week, uh, we're going to look at a familiar metaphor that's throughout Scripture. If you're going to turn to John chapter 10, John chapter 10 in your Bibles, uh, for the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at some I am statements. Throughout Scripture, uh, there's this, this, this phrase, I am. In the beginning of Exodus 3, there's this encounter with, with, with Moses and God. And so that scene where God is, they got the burning bush, and God tells Moses to take his sandals off your own holy ground. And he tells Moses to go to Egypt and, and to save his people. And, and Moses asks a, a very legitimate question, who should I say is sending me? Who, what's your name? And he says, I am, I am. And so when Jesus says these statements in the New Testament, it's suddenly a click for people. It's the I am, this, this, that's what God's name was. That was a holy name back in, in Exodus. So when Jesus says things like I am the good shepherd, we're looking at this morning, or I am the vine, or I am, and you can, the bread of life. Maybe some other ones jump to mind. It's what comes to mind because Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. So in John chapter 10, and, and I'll, I'll read it for us, 10 through 18, the thief's purpose is to still kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock. There will be one flock and one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. All throughout Scripture, we hear about sheep. 
Now, sheep, are, are, they're everywhere back in the first century. For us, we don't see them as much, even in good old Texas. And we see them in rodeo time, maybe, a little bit, and occasionally at petting zoos, or if maybe you go to Foco du Chao, uh, you might see another version there. But uh, for us, you know, when we think about sheep, the first thing that jumped to my mind this week, mutton busting. Mutton busting. It's the best thing about the rodeo is, uh, and I don't know what I, I'm actually pulling for when, when those, those kids are riding the sheep. Uh, I, that's, that's a good posture, I think. Uh, I'm kind of pulling for the kids to wipe out sometimes. I don't want them to be hurt. <laughs> Definitely not hurt. Uh, but I love the kids. Uh, that's a good one. I love the kids that are like, <laughs> that's a Superman. They say, you know what? I am not letting go. I am not letting go. I want that belt buckle. I'm going to win. I don't know what posture you would have if you were riding a sheep, but uh, these are some brave kids we have uh, here. Pretty funny stuff. So we think about sheep. Uh, it's not really, it doesn't jump to mind as a really relevant uh, everyday metaphor, but for the people then, it, it, certainly, it certainly was. And uh, growing up uh, in the southeast, we didn't have a lot of sheep around. I had to do a little investigating. They actually have a website, FFA, the Future Farmers of America, I believe. And uh, the 4-H Club, they have Sheep 101 website. And they actually have Sheep Magazine, by the way. Did anyone, does anyone subscribe to Sheep Magazine? I like the, the bottom part there, dead ram walking. Boom, boom. Uh, but uh, there's a website, Sheep 101, Sheep 201, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about sheep and some of their, their habits. But some things that I learned in uh, checking out sheep, sheep are very social animals. They like to be together with other people. And uh, as we look at kind of this metaphor for us, because we are the sheep in this story here, you know, we're very relational people. We were born very relational. But sheep, they, they need to be with other sheep. Sheep are very stubborn. They're very stubborn. Uh, some uh, read one place, it's almost like moving an elephant when a sheep is, is, is entrenched somewhere. It just does not want to budge or move. They're very, very stubborn. Uh, I read one place where you know, sheep, would, they get lodged within a rock, two rocks. They will continue to try to go forward and get through the rocks instead of like beep, beep, beep. There's this, no, I'm, going, I'm going forward. Now, I don't know if you know this, but people are kind of stubborn too, all right? Now, this is the point where you don't look to your neighbor or to your spouse here. We all know people that are stubborn, okay? Friends that are stubborn. You can think of them in your mind. Uh, just to clarify and, and for us to re realize that we are stubborn people, let me give you a couple of examples. You know, not us, of course, but Exhibit A, we have Harry R. Truman. And uh, Mr. Truman, uh, unfortunately, uh, he, he lived near uh, Mount St. Helens. And uh, everyone was evacuating, and he uh, said, he basically called everybody a bunch of wimps, uh, that this molehill, this is a molehill, uh, it's, it's not really a mountain anyway, uh, this mountain, his last quote, this mountain ain't gonna hurt me, okay? Stubborn, all right? It's a little stubborn. Exhibit B, we got Emmett Pearson from Minnesota. Emmett Pearson from Minnesota. Mr. Pearson uh, witnessed uh, the third Super Bowl, which was uh, Minnesota and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Didn't know, I, 75, I wasn't around either. None of you guys were either. Uh, but the, he, was, he was there, and he was upset because the Vikings lost the Super Bowl. And he made a vow that day, never going to shave again until the Vikings win the big game. Do you, as you know, or maybe not know, the Vikings have yet to win the big game. Uh, game and his wife uh, the article said not a big fan of the beard and I bet the, the Vikings a, a, as well and he, his quote was I made a vow and I'm gonna stick with it <laughs> made a vow I'm gonna stick with it very uh, stubborn exhibit C we've got the McCall family McCall family from Indianapolis they have a home uh, the home that you see there it is unfortunately located near a raised uh, railroad track and it has been just the, the magnet for cars speeding and flying over the railroad track. 
they have had in the 30 years that they've lived there 11 cars. 11 cars in their home. Quotes. We made some home improvements. This is where we raised our son. We ain't moving. Okay? 11 cars in 30 years into your living room. All right? You might have some nice granite uh, kitchen tops, but I think it's time to pack it up and, and go. Okay? We're stubborn. We're stubborn people sometimes. We can, we can be like uh, sheep. Sometimes we'd rather go the wrong way because it's my way than, than the best way. Than the best way. Uh, we know that sheep, you know, it's kind of common that sheep, not the sharpest tools in the shed, uh, not the saltiest fry in the Happy Meal. I don't know if that's the phrase. Uh, but uh, you know what? To, to, be, to be honest, sheep, they did a study. Sheep really aren't that stupid. Uh, their IQ is a little higher than, than what people think. The reality is, is that sheep are actually very defenseless animals. If you think about it, sheep, uh, you know, every other animal, lots of other animals, they have claws, they have teeth, they have skunks, have something else. Uh, they have defense mechanisms. They have stingers. They have various things to help defend against predators or from enemies and different things. But sheep, what do they have? What do they have? Good looks? Uh, they don't have really a defense mechanism. Theirs is gathering together. It's herding together. You know, even, I was reading this, even the fulmer bird, which you might not have heard of, he, this bird, which you think birds are not really, they don't really have a defense mechanism, projectile vomit. Uh, yeah, that's one for the teenagers there. Uh, projectile vomit to uh, poison and to paralyze. Yes, you can't unsee that, by the way. Uh, the former bird, projectile vomit. Remember that one from today's sermon. Um, but sheep, they, they follow. They, they, they herd together. That's their defense against things. And I guess when, when an enemy comes, there's this scatter. Hey, I'm one of many, and so it's hard to grab us all kind of, kind of mentality. In fact, this is such the case, uh, this, this herd mentality of, of following even a leader. And that's a part of that, that, that pack mentality. That uh, in 2005 in Turkey, that... Uh, there's a report 1,500 sheep jumped into a ravine. The shepherds went out for breakfast, and suddenly one of them decided, guess what, I can make it, and they didn't make it. And then the next one, and then the next one, and the next one, and they all followed the herd. They all followed together. 1,500 jumped off a cliff. Thankfully, thankfully, only 450 of those sheep died that day because after 450 piled up, I can't make this up, okay? <laughs> I did not make that up. They... But we're followers as well, aren't we? We're followers. Uh, and uh, we, it's kind of a common term these days, being a follower of something. Facebook or Twitter, you have followers on those places. We had district assembly this week, which, which was amazing, by the way. We have a great district assembly. This is a picture from district assembly. Uh, Michelle, Pastor Michelle, she left her phone on the, uh, on the chair. And this sweet couple, I have no idea what their names are. This sweet couple was sitting there. And I said, have you ever taken a selfie before? And uh, they looked at me like I was speaking some kind of like street language. Uh, and they were like, no, we don't even know what that is. And, and so we're going to take one right now. <laughs> And so there's uh, Michelle's background picture there, uh, this, these sweet folks. But uh, we have followers on a very social media, different things, and, and we, we follow various things uh, all around. You know, and I think uh, this is very true for us. We're, we're following different things, pictures, people, stuff in our lives. When I was a kid, I had posters of people that I, I wanted to emulate, uh, baseball players, uh, heroes, people that I would try to take little traits from it and, and try to be like. Maybe there's some people that jump to mind in, in, in your life like that. We're all following something, and we're all going uh, places based on, on, on who we're following. So that's a little bit about the sheep. And why we need a, a shepherd is because we're following people. We're following things. And the, the, the passage talks about this shepherd, a shepherd that's, that's quite different than, than the other ones. This shepherd, it jumps out to the people of Israel because they were constantly in search of, of a good king. We go back into the story of Israel. 
there was a day where God was God over the people of Israel, his chosen people. And he would say things like, I wanna, I'm your God and you're going to be my people. But the people were like, you know what, we want to be like everybody else. We want to follow everybody else and we want a king. Give us a king, God. And so they kept pressing and kept demanding. And finally God said, you know what, kings are not good. They, they, they take your kids and make them fight in their armies. They'll take your money. They'll, they'll use it to fill their coffers and their kingdoms. And they are only about themselves. A great image of this kind of mentality is, I'm not a big chess player. Uh, maybe you are, but the game of chess. And, and don't, you don't have to know much about chess to know the game of chess is all about who? The king. And everyone else is a nameless pawn. That is, the, the whole point of that game is for the king to survive. And everyone else is sacrificed. Ladies, I think we should be a little upset about this. Even the queen is sacrificed for the king. Even the bishop is sacrificed in the name of the king in, in this game of chess. That's what kings are all about. They're all about them. And so God told them this, and they said, forget, we, we don't care. We want a king. So what did they get? They got a king. And this Saul is the one that is chosen. And exactly what God said would happen, happened. You, they got what they wanted. They began to follow these kings, and, and kings were about themselves. But there was one king that was different in the line of Israel. And in the midst of all these kings, there was one that, st- that really stood out in, in history. His name was David. Remember the story of David? I, I love the story where David was anointed, where they chose David. He was going to be their, their new king. And they, they go to his dad's house, and he brings out his seven sons. And this, this guy Samuel comes in, and he's going to choose which one is, is going to be the future king that God has anointed. And, and none of the people are in front of him is the chosen king. Dad didn't even bring David out. In fact, he's out in the where? He's out with the sheep. He's out with the sheep tending the flock. And uh, Samuel says, was there anyone else? Well, we've got, we've got this other kid that's out there. And finally, they bring him in. And, and what's this great line? God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. He's beginning to, to, to put a new narrative into history there. And so the people, they love this David. David was the best. He was the shepherd king that was a good shepherd, a good shepherd. A good shepherd, he knows the, the, the names of the sheep. He names the sheep. He knows them. There's this little specific things about each sheep that he knows about each one of them. He, he lives his life with the sheep, protecting and, and loving the sheep. We hear that with, with the story of David as well. Remember David and Goliath when he's about to go fight Goliath? And there's these doubts about this little kid that's going to go and fight this giant. And what, is, what does David say? This is kind of our gladiator Braveheart moment. He says this, When a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him, and I rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard, and I struck him and I killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has ta- taunted the, enemy, the armies of the living God. So here's this king that's different. A good shepherd, what does a good shepherd do? He defends the sheep. He, he, when, when an enemy comes, when a bear, a lion comes, when someone from outside the flock comes, he's there to, to defend off these, these enemies. Now what do we hear in the scripture we first read in John? There are hired hands. There are people that, they're just, they're just in it for the money. They're just in it for the money. As soon as something comes along, a, 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 an enemy comes or something that could, could personally cost them, hey, this is just a job. I'm out of here, okay? I, I, no paycheck is worth this. But David is the shepherd that says, you know what? I'm going to put my life on the line for the sheep. Pretty good foreshadowing of what's going to come of a, another shepherd. And that's what Ezekiel's talking about. When the prophets begin to talk about uh, the new king that's going to come, he says this, he said, I'm going to send them one a shepherd like David, that he will feed them and he will, he will feed them himself and he will be their shepherd. He's given this prophecy toward Jesus coming as our shepherd, the one that would lay down his life for his sheep. There's another quality about sheep that, that, uh, is, that is probably out there on various sites, that the sheep easily get lost. 
They easily get lost. They, when, an, when an enemy comes and there's that scatter mentality and they run and they, they stay together as a, as a little pack, they suddenly get separated from the rest of the crew. And uh, other times where sheep will put their heads down and they'll begin to eat. And they, they're focused on food. That's pretty important for all of us, but really important for sheep. And suddenly you look up and there's no one else around. There's no one else around. There was this woman, uh, her name is uh, Sabine, and she's from Belgium. And uh, one day she decided to take a little trip, and uh, it was about an hour trip. I will definitely get uh, these names wrong, but uh, in the, 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 the town of Eriklenais, uh, she was heading out to the pro- uh, province of Wallonona in Belgium. Excuse me if you're from Belgium. Uh, she was, it was only about an hour away to get there. And uh, she set her GPS, she put it into her GPS, and is heading out that way, about an hour drive. Twelve hours later, she, she arrived in the country of Croatia, uh, and, and these were her quotes when her, she said, you know what, I saw a lot of different signposts, some in French and later in German, but I just kept on driving. I just kept on driving. I was so absent-minded, so I just kept putting my foot down. Just kept putting my foot down. Following the GPS. Have you ever fallen the GPS and you suddenly are like, where am I? Where am I? This God, this good shepherd that's come, that's given his own life for his sheep. Isaiah 53 tells us this. All of us are like sheep. We've all strayed. We've all left God's path to follow our own. Yet there is one, the Lord, that who laid on him the sins of us all. There's one that has died for his sheep. One that would leave the 99 and go after one. One lost sheep. That's the God that we serve. There's a, a passage of scripture. Every, every seems like a, half of weddings has 1 Corinthians 13. Somebody's going to read 1 Corinthians 13 and a lot of weddings. Now, a lot of funerals, there's a very common passage. Uh, what is that? Psalms 23. Psalms 23, probably, I'd say more than 75% of funerals that I've been a part of. Psalms 23 is present in some way. There's something about that passage. It's beautiful. You feel like there should be some kind of harps playing in the back. It just, it's soothing. It's, it's peaceful in, in those moments. And, and today I want us to take a look at that passage, and I, I, I don't think, this is such an amazing uh, passage of scripture, it, it shouldn't be just for funerals, but I think it's God's truth for us in life as well. Uh, I know that a lot of you are used, used to the King James version of this scripture, and it's probably, if you have one of those giant Bibles at your house, it's probably what's open to on your coffee table. But let's, let's try a different version today, a New Living Translation. So you Let's, let's read it together on the screen, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So much truth from this passage. I'm sure thousands and thousands of sermons could be preached from it. A couple of things just about this good shepherd. This good shepherd, he guides us. He is a guide for us. We heard that in the John passage, that this, this, this shepherd guides the sheep. And the sheep, they, they know his voice. They, they know his voice. It would say in, in certain villages where, where there were, weren't a ton of sheep, they would actually keep all the sheep from various owners in the same pen. And when the shepherd would come and take his group, a small group of sheep to flock, he would just call out to the sheep. And the sheep would know the shepherd's voice, and they would kind of come out 
of, of the pen and go out to, to the field. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. I was thinking about this this week. It's kind of throwing through my mind. And I was, we were at IHOP. And I love IHOP. It's great food there. Uh, any time of the day, IHOP is good. Um, and there were a group of ladies uh, in a, a room full of, I don't know, 30 or 40. A group of ladies. And they were probably, I don't know, six to eight ladies. And they were just laughing, having a good time. And uh, one of those ladies was, was my wife. And uh, I closed my eyes at one point as they're just laughing and just yucking it up. And I can just, I could clearly hear my wife's laugh. I just know it. I, I know her laugh. I, I know her voice. In a room, if every, uh, I could hear every voice in this, I would be able to distinctly pick out my wife's voice. We, we, we've got history together. We've spent time together. We, we know each other. There are things that very on, early on in our marriage we needed to have signals for. When you would go to a party, you need to, before you enter the party, you have to have a signal, okay? The signal is, when are we going to leave this party, Okay. You know, early, you know, some different things that are there, whatever you come up with, okay? We don't need signals anymore, okay? It's just glances. It's just a look. We're out of here, <laughs> okay? Sometimes we had one of these looks this week when you're in a conversation, you're like, help me, <laughs> and it's just a glance, and we know each other. And so that's the, the relationship, the sheep and the shepherd, they, they know each other. How do you know? How are you guided by the Lord? How does the Lord guide your life? Because you know the voice of the Lord. You recognize the voice of the Lord. He tells you where to go. He guides your life. He, he guides your steps, your decisions, your heart, your mind. Now, maybe you're saying, I don't really, I don't really hear God's voice in my life. And my kind of blunt response to that is this. Is it possible? Maybe you don't know God's voice. Is, is it possible that you're not very familiar with God's voice? You haven't spent enough time together. You, 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 you don't know it well enough to hear it, especially in some of the most pivotal moments of our lives. I look back, I had a conversation with, with Scott this week and I just had one of those epiphany moments where everything stopped, and I was able to kind of look back in my history of my life. And there's something about district assembly that does that for me as I think about district assemblies that I've, I've been to. And uh, I was sitting there and just thinking about all the ways that God has helped and guided me through life, through big decisions, through small decisions. And maybe today, just in the next few minutes, you just want to spend some time saying, God, thank you for your guidance in my life. There are moments where I didn't know where to go, and you showed me the direction to go. There's sometimes that I didn't follow that lead, and I look back, and man, what if I would have? And, and those moments where God has guided us, that's what the good shepherd does. The good shepherd provides for us. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He restores my soul. I shall not want. I, want, I don't lack for anything. Now, there's author Philip Keller, and he says that, that sheep, for them to lay down, you don't see sheep lay down very often, but there's four things that have to take place. They have to be free of fear. They have to be free of tension from other sheep for them to lie down. They have to be free uh, from, from pests and flies that are around them. They have to be free from hunger. And in the presence of the good shepherd, you know, we are full. We are provided for. When we follow the voice of God, he brings peace in relationship, and he provides for our needs. This is the kind of stuff that Paul was saying with, you know, I can have everything in the world, and I can have nothing, and I can be content at the same place. I had a sad uh, conversation with someone a few years back, someone that was in need financially. In our church, we, 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 we try to help people that are in need, but we, we offer kind of accountability and growth and how we can help in in the future and budgeting and different things and, and beginning this open relationship uh, with this, this young lady. And one of the things we discovered as we kind of, she, she allowed us to enter her life was that there's some things that were places where money was spent and things that were just, you know, here's a good place and, and take the suggestion and, and she did and other things. And, and then when we discovered that there was, she, she owned a massive, massive TV, just 
huge. I, I'm going to say 80 inches. That's probably uh, not really describing it completely. Huge. Uh, and one of the things that we suggested was that needed to happen was you owe a lot of money on this TV. You need to sell this TV. And quite honestly, you need to pay back that you've been kind of holding this TV for a long time. This is a part of the, the process. Got a TV? I'm going to give you. You know, it's not as big. And, and that moment, just the, kind of the look in her eye of, I can't do that. And, and my heart, at first, you know, you have different emotions that come to mind when you think about that. But what I landed on was this. I was so sad for her. And then I became, I became sad for myself as I began to think about what are the things in my life, we all have our TVs, what are the things that I have to have? I have to have this. I have to have this. And our world is putting, giving us pictures all the time that says, if you don't have this, if you don't have that, if you don't get this, if you don't have, and there's these pictures of the kingdom of this world that have distorted us that we can ever say, I have enough, that I'm content, that I don't need anything because my God provides for my every need. He provides for my every need. So I was having that moment of going back. I thought about this God that has provided for me. I look back over my life, and I could tell you stories over stories over stories, some unbelievable, some unbelievable, like the time that God told me to, to go to a college in Nashville and didn't have the money, and a house that my parents owned for, for seven years and couldn't sell, sells like three weeks before. I could tell you stories like that. I could tell you stories about just the way that, that God has just every need that we have ever needed. God has taken care of us. That's the kind of God, that's the kind of shepherd that we have. We also have a shepherd that protects. We heard about that uh, in, in the, the David narrative, about he was the guy that, that takes care of the evil things that are out there. You know, that first verse that we read, John 10, 10, the thief comes to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. There are evil things that are out there that want to destroy your relationships, your home, your spiritual uh, relationship with God. There's things that are out there that want to kill your joy, want to kill anything inside of you. But God is the one that can defeat the evil one. Greater is he that is in us that is in the world. And he uses, the shepherd has this staff, this rod, that he brings that. But he also brings direction. And sometimes he corrects us. I, I don't like to correct uh, my kids. It's a hard thing to do because my kids are at a very cute age right now. Especially at little Quinn. She's two years old. By the way, today's Briley's birthday. If you see her, she's four. Tell her happy birthday. She'll love it. But Quinn is two now. And when, you know, when Quinn reaches out, several weeks back, she, she wanted to touch something on the stove. No, Quinn. And then finally had to swat her hand. And it, it, was, it was just like that. And it, you would have thought that I would have. She has this ability to take her bottom lip and it goes. But a parent that disciplines and corrects their, their child is the one that, really loves really loves got a, a little bit of a skit to, to to end today on to kind of demonstrate that God God I've been listening to you and I hear you I know I know you want me to change and I know for those things to happen uh God, just uh, come to me. God, change me. Take the things out of my life that, that don't need to be there. Mold me to be like your son's image, Lord. And then I pray, amen. Hi. Hey. Um, who are you? I'm God. You're uh, You're tall. Yes, I am. And not as handsome. Well, but you're not for, God. Thanks for that. You're not God. You're not God. Yes, I am. See, if you're a God, why don't you make it snow in here right now? See, if I made it snow in here, then all the snow would melt and everything would get all moldy and wet and yucky. Now, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yucky. You're not God. God would not say yucky. Yeah, I do. It's Greek. 
Okay, okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? <laughs> well, you see, Lamentations is actually only five chapters long. It's a pretty small book, so... Why is it so short? I just got tired of lamenting. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're God, then who's, uh, who's going to win the NBA Finals? The Rockets? Uh, see, I, I, I'm not really into playing games so much, so why are you so into playing games? You are God. What gave it away? Because you answered my question with the question, so you definitely are God. Yes, I, I do that, don't I? Well, God, welcome. <laughs> hey. Thanks, thanks. It's Glad good to be in my house. Here. Thanks, it's nice here. So, uh, what are you doing here? What's going on? Well, you, uh, you know, you, you prayed a prayer, and so here okay. I am. It's kind of how it works. Okay, okay, uh, okay, uh, we have some uh, tools. Uh, oh, yeah. What's going on? Yeah, well, these are the things I'm actually going to use to, you know, uh, you know, answer your prayer. So Those look uh, a little painful. Yeah, they, they are a little bit. That's okay. Hmm. Okay. So, why don't you step right up, Well. and I'll get started. <laughs> Wait, I, I thought you were a carpenter. No, that's my son. Okay. okay. Here we go. Um, you ready? Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Oh, so what exactly are you going to be uh, well, chiseling away here? So, so what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to get rid of everything that's, you know, in the way. You know, just kind of all the dead weight. I'm just going to take it off. Dead weight? Yeah, dead weight. Glad you said that, God, because uh, I've been getting a little dead weight right here. You know, we tried some of these and yeah. some of these, and I even yeah. tried the Pilates. And it was just weird, God. And uh, yeah, are are you gonna talk? Or are you gonna let me chisel? Talk, chisel, talk, chisel. All right, God, uh, you can chisel. Okay, you can chisel. Here we go. Got a little, a little anger here. Yeah. There's oh, there's some jealousy here. Right here, you've got a little bit of a competitive spirit that really has just never led to anything good. So I'm gonna. Wait a minute, competitive spirit. I don't have competitive spirit. I bet you. It's, it's right there. Ten dollars. No, my mortgage. Wait, your God. Um, I bet you my eternal salvation that uh, my car right there. He's got way more competitive spirit than me. Mike, get that guy up here right now. Let's line up. Let's go one on one. You'll see us competitive spirit. You, uh, you see what you're doing there? Okay, I guess you're right. Yeah, I might have a little. It's, it's right there, homie. All right, I'll just get that off here. But wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. See, God, I, I'm good, ain't I? Yeah, I mean, you're doing good. You're doing, you're doing okay. So, but, but let me ask you this. Okay. When you look in the mirror, yeah. who do you see? <laughs> well, I see me, God, and uh, kudos to you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. So, so, see, when you look in the mirror, you should actually see me. Can I keep my hair? We'll see. We'll see. Come okay. on, step up. Here we go. Let's keep going. Wait, God, see, see, I've tried this before. I've tried the, the Christian thing, and I've tried, to, I've tried before. And you know what happens? Even my good friends, they say, oh, you're, you're a Christian now, or you can't come out with this anymore, and you're a holy roller now. And it's, I don't like that part. I don't like it. Yeah, you see, that's called control. Okay. Are you going to control everything? Or are you going to let me work? Control, chisel, control, chisel. Mm, okay, I guess, I guess I'll let you chisel. All right, here we go. But wait, can I ask you where to chisel? See, that's called control. Dead weight? That's control. Come okay. On. Here we go. Okay. All right. But God, wait, wait. I'm a good father. I'm a good husband. I go to church. I volunteer. I do all the right things. Yeah, see, again, control. Come on. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, there's a spot back here. Oh, yeah. that hurts. Yeah, it hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah. Right. Oh, God, that is painful, God. Why? Yeah, see, I know about pain. Yeah, I, I sent my son to die the sins of the world, yeah. that includes yours. But you know, I also sent him for another reason. I sent him to give you freedom. See, you know, the definition of insanity is, is, going, is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You keep going back to these empty wells to fill you up with things that 
that get in the way, that weigh you down, that push me out. Yeah, God, I'm, you're right. Yeah. I guess I do need, I do need you to chisel. And I want you to chisel, but God, know that I am scared and I'm embarrassed for the things that you're going to find. Because when I wake up in the morning, I see this scared little boy who has tried to change so many times, but I can't do it. I can't do it. You've been listening to all the wrong voices for way too long. I created this entire universe, and above all that, I cherish you the most. How can I convince you of my unconditional love? I got it. Reach in your back pocket. God already tied this month. I want to give you all. No, not that pocket. The other pocket. The other oh. pocket. Yeah. Why do I need to go to mom? Just, just do it. Just, just. God, okay. What? I said, uh, God, okay, I'll go to my pocket. No, see, I think you took my name in vain. It's just a name, God. No, it's not. It's my name. It's the name above all names. Mm. You see, this is one of those things we're trying to chisel away. Mm. All right? But, well, we'll get back to that. Go ahead and check your pocket. Okay. Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's some notes from uh, church camp one day. Uh, yeah. Man, this was fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, what does it say right there? <laughs> it says, I love Reshma. Not that. Not that. Not that. <laughs> the, the other... The other part. Okay. All right. yeah, yeah. You know I married her. Yeah, I know I was there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I remember. I remember. Yeah, so do I. It says, uh, uh, Dear God, today I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I turned everything over to him. How incredible it is to experience his love and forgiveness. I'm so thankful that God accepts me the way I am, but I also know that he loves me too much to leave me as I am. I cannot wait to see what he's going to do with me. Remember that. Yeah, it's a good day. See, Scott, this, this salvation that you hold, I need it to be more than just emotional gush or, or some type of head knowledge that you, you pull out at, at church or, or at life group and then put away for the rest of the week. I need it to penetrate every part of your life. God, but it's not going to be easy. No, it's not. I never said being molded into my son's image would be. But you know, don't think of this as a prison. Think of this as a father's love for his son, right? Okay, the son I love, I'm going to discipline. The son I cherish, I'm going to correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, God. I'm still scared of what you're going to find, but chisel away because I trust you and I'm willing I'm willing God not familiar Nazarenes we have this thing called uh, district assembly every year it's a gathering where we come together from churches. There are 90 churches, Nazarene churches around the South Texas district. We have an amazing uh, district uh, superintendent that leads us. And, uh, you know, I love being a part of this church. I love being a part of this denomination because this is a place that uh, is known for, for community. And when we get together, we, we remember and we, we share memories from all throughout life, and you can share those memories from people when we're in Houston and, and Indianapolis and various places. We're people that are missional-minded, uh, and we're also a people that are known for this word, holiness. And what does that word mean? It, it, it means this, that, you know, people, we kind of think about, well, I know old Ted, and Ted, you just have to excuse old Ted because that's just the way he is, and he's this way or that way, and and that's just, that's just Ted, you know. But the thing about what Jesus does for us is this. He doesn't just save us. He transforms us. And the beauty of that is, is that old Ted doesn't have to be old Ted any longer. He can be new Ted. And that's what Jesus does for all of us. And he wants to transform our lives. He, he wants to 
be our shepherd that guides us. Now, this is a, is a, it's a big week for me. When I think back this week, I think back 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I sang in a uh, choir that I should not have been singing in and uh, called the Impact Team. And uh, yeah, you can find me. It's a terrible haircut. Um, and uh, for a long time, up until this point, uh, you know, I think a lot of us could put a different blank there. The Lord is my, we could put another word there, okay? For some people in this room, the Lord is my, uh, he, he's like my genie. I go and make wishes to this genie. Uh, or the Lord is my principal, always keeping the rules and always I go to the principal and, and, and get in trouble from the principal. Or the, the Lord is my, and you can fill in the blank of, of what, maybe 911 operator in an emergency, woo, I'm calling God. I did not study for this test. Jesus, please help me. Or we're in a crisis moment. Lord, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I'm here. I'll do, and then you start bartering with God. I'll do this, this, and this. If you will help me out of this, I promise, this time. We had those moments. You know, up until that point for me, when I was singing in this, that choir with a really bad Kmart suit on there, uh, I, I had this moment where I viewed God, he was a cop in my life. And, and not just as we think cop of like, the, the blue lights definitely. There was that feeling of getting busted, the guilt that came, you know, oh, God, I'm sorry, I, I, I messed up. But it was, God was, you know, in, in my mind growing up there, cops were a, a good. They, they brought good to, to the neighborhood. And so there was this good and there was this, this feeling of guilt back. And I think these feelings came from sometimes fear, just growing up thinking, well, very rapture-minded. If the Lord were to come back, I, I don't know where I would go. I don't know where I would go. And so I would spend these times, you know, Lord, confess, confess. That was my, that was my moment with God. But when, when I was singing in that choir, there was this song that we would sing. We had to go on these tours, and then we sang it 20 times, okay? And uh, 20 times in probably 20 days. And uh, it was a song that's very simple, very simple, Lead Me, Lord. And it was somewhere in those moments that God went from being a cop in my life to really being someone that I was going to trust with my life, that he was going to be my shepherd. And I was going to follow him wherever he would lead, wherever he would take me, wherever he would shape me. And so today as a response, I just would invite you, uh, as the, the worship band sings, we're, they're going to sing that song and just begin to think maybe there's an area of your life that, that there needs to be more trust, that you need God to lead and guide you. Or maybe an area that you need to say, God, I, I believe that you're going to provide for me. Give, help me in my unbelief. Lord, shape me and mold me to the person you're calling me to be. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a good shepherd, a shepherd that would give his life for us, a shepherd that, that doesn't give up on us, a shepherd that goes out and searches for the lost a shepherd that provides, a shepherd that rescues, a shepherd that guides and directs. Lord, help us, Lord, to trust you, to seek you, to get to know you better, to get to know your spirit better through your word, Lord, through, through worship, through the different various ways that you speak, through mentors, Lord, that, that give us a picture of who you are in this world. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to stop listening to the wrong voices, the wrong shepherds, the ones that, that will eventually leave us alone and lonely in the wilderness. God, help us to, to take the steps of faith in, in various areas of our life as we're praying this morning and, and seeking that, that faith, Lord. Gotta pray for that person that has never taken a, that first step of, of following you person that's here today that for whatever reason has gone in various directions but but hasn't taken a step to, to go toward you Lord and Lord I think about the disciples if they as you called them to, to follow to simply follow you and that's the call today Lord I, I pray that as, as those are praying around the room Lord that they would take that first step of following you God 
and we would be able to say together, Lord, lead us. Lead us wherever that is, wherever you would take us, wherever you would have us go, Lord. Shape us and mold us today. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Michelle's coming to send us out this morning. I was watching that skit, and I was reminded of when I first became a Christian about 16 years ago, and God had a lot of chiseling to do on me, a lot of sin that needed to be um, dealt with. And I don't know about you guys, but when I became a Christian, I had to go back and make a lot of restitution. That's, I couldn't just ask God to forgive me and, and be done with it. I know he forgave me, but he also said, you need to make amends. And so that's humbling. And that's hard. And I thought, that's going to be the hardest thing I face as being a Christian. Yay, let's get it out of the way. Let's do it. And I humbled myself and I did it. But let me tell you what. (laughs) He can take away sin and he can take away a lot of things. But if you don't give it to him to take away, it's not his to take because he gives his free will. And I was thinking this week, I've been struggling a lot with control. I don't know if that's a surprise to you guys, and I'm a control freak. It certainly is a surprise to Matt and everybody I work with. But um, I'm a control freak, and um, I just had a conversation with God this week. He actually had it with me, and he said, let go. You can't control the situation. You can't do anything about it. It's mine to control. It's mine to work out. So relax and let me do it. And friends, I just want to remind you today that we cannot do anything on our own. And there is no sense trying to hang on to it because the struggle and the insanity of trying to hang on to it and do the same thing over and over again is not worth it. And there's such a deep peace and such a relief when you can finally stop following and stop trying to control and let God. So my challenge to you this week is just to lay it down, whatever it is, whatever it is that's keeping you wound up tight, just let it go and let God have it. I hope you have a great week. Be blessed in the name of the Lord.